Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, raw feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Hey, remember... Every Thursday night here at Raw Dog Food and Company from 6 p.m. to midnight, we have what is called our Yappy Hour Cell. Yappy, yappy, yappy. Yes, we do. Uh, we have lots, lots in that sale on Thursday nights, and you can schedule it to be shipped out uh, to you at any time. Uh, we're going to have treats, supplements, bones, and food. So everything that you need to keep your pet healthy and in good shape will be in that sale. Remember, that is on Thursday nights. Once you get in our system, you've created an account and you've ordered from us and you say, yes, I do accept uh, marketing. You'll get that reminder as well. Or just remember, okay, every Thursday, 6 p.m. to midnight. We have some great new supplements in the website, uh, in the supplement section, in the store, I should say. Uh, The Wolf is one of those. I think I have told you about that before. As you know, probiotics are something that should be rotated just like food, right? So there's, we have lots of different probiotics with various strains on the website. The Wolf is the newest one. And uh, right there on the site in the supplement section, it will tell you that it's the first and only ancestral species appropriate probiotic. So it holds the fingerprint of the unspoiled gut microbiome of our dog's ancestors, which is what? The wolf. It's a species-appropriate pre- and probiotic blend. It's going to reduce inflammation. It has amazing antioxidant properties. It will balance the immune system and defend against harmful bacteria. So that is one of the newest ones right there. It's called the Wolf on the website. So take a look at that. Now, if you want a great, if you want a great, great, great uh, omega-3, I would say get the potent C algae oil, super omega-3. It is amazing stuff as well. Um, It does not, um, it it does not have to be converted by the body, body. It goes right in. Okay. And it will help support the entire health of your dog's body. Um, It supports the skin and the coat, which is really important around this time of the year when it's dry and you're seeing some flakes, you're seeing um, the skin, you know, being itchy, get you some of this potency. Now it's not only going to help support the skin and the coat, but it will help support the nervous system, the eyes, brain, heart, immunity system, and joints. So I would say both of these are great. And I would not be uh, concerned at all about using these both in a day, right? Do your omega-3s, do your wolf probiotic. This is amazing. Give it about two weeks. Let's see if you see a difference in your dog's skin and coat. 
Remember to follow us over at Truth Social, truthsocial.com. The Raw Dog Food Truth is uh, featured on there on our uh, page all the time. So if you want to um, know what uh, podcasts have been, uh, maybe you've missed one, go over to Truth Social and you'll see that along with all of our other announcements there. We're over there because we don't want to get canceled, right? Because cancel, uh, canceling uh, things for talking about uh, alternative medicines and alternative options in health isn't always appreciated in the world today. So we have no problems posting over there and knowing that uh, we will not get canceled. All right, well, today I want to go on a little bit more about how corporate influences the veterinary section of the world. And because this this is important that you understand why your vets are recommending or maybe don't know um, that these are carnivores that need a species-appropriate diet, uh, why, well, they're highly incentivized and uh, they are highly influenced by big uh, pet food. And this is coming out of Dr. Connor Brady's book, Feeding Dogs, Dry or Raw, The Science Behind the Debate. Great, great book. He has a lot of footnotes, a lot of uh, documentation in here. But for those of you that are busy and will never get around to reading a 500-page book, I'm going to help you here. He's talking about um, there. there is a organization called World Small Animal Veterinary Association, WSAVA. Um, anyway, it's an association of veterinarian associations um, and authority for vets worldwide, this group is. This group has hills uh, as a gold sponsor. Um, so that's very important. If you if somebody is one of your biggest sponsors, you probably don't want to tick them off, I would say, right? Um, but anyway, the candy company and dog food manufacturer Mars, uh, man, they're not going to let Hills outdo them. So he says they're not going to sit on their hands and allow the carpet to be pulled out from under them because Mars is the world leader in pet food production, holding a quarter of the, get this number, folks, get this, $71 billion in global pet food. Uh, that's what they had in 2015. So I'm sure that they have uh, gone over that number by now. But they've taken great steps of late to establish themselves I'm talking about Mars, as the world's largest provider of pet health care, uh, although they're going to do it in a little bit different way than Colgate Palmolive. Isn't that weird? So you've got Colgate Palmolive, you got uh, Mars, you got Nestle's. All these people are in the pet food industry um, for a very specific reason, and that's because a lot of people have pets and it makes them a lot of money. But you know what Colgate Palmolive does? Uh, they have employees that are teaching nutrition directly to veterinary students. Mars also has paid residents to access the highest levels of veterinary university education. So in his book, he says, the results of a crucial Freedom of Information Act inquiry, which was published by the UK Raw Meaty Bones website, it shows the details 
of the correspondence between the veterinary department of the University of Indenburg, which, by the way, he has in parentheses, and I quote, the Royal Dick School of Veterinary Studies. I guess that's the real name, the Royal Dick School of Veterinary Studies and Mars Pedigree Pet Foods beginning in 1993 and ending in 2003. Okay, so the conversation was concerning, and I'm going to read you some of these uh, these conversations, but he publishes in this book a draft of their partnership, um, and he says what it disclosed was staggering that they got straight to the point from page one. And he says, this plan, and I'm quoting here from the book and what it says from page one, he says, this plan is a natural progression reflecting our mutual interest in the education of veterinary students. So right off the bat, they're talking about, we're going to educate the veterinary students on what they should be telling pet parents they should be feeding. It goes on to say, the final impetus to this development of a firm partnership has been provided by the company's wish to become more closely associated with the education process in veterinary schools and by the opportunity to fund clinical nutrition residency. <laughs> he says, Mars, they divide their demands into four sections. Here are the sections. Section one was regarding the funding of full-time resident who would play a key role in our overall partnership. Below are some examples cited by Mars of what they expect the full-time resident to be responsible for. So Mars is going to employ someone to come in and make sure that they uh, put out the information to help them sell more food. Here is what some of their um, responsibilities are for this full-time resident. The teaching of small animal nutrition, including clinical nutrition to veterinary students. It is to disseminate this knowledge to the undergraduate students and professional colleagues by written papers, lectures, tutorials, all of that in order to improve the awareness of the importance of nutrition. Now that sounds pretty good, right? They they should understand that nutrition is important. But remember, we talked about on one of the last podcasts that if you own the information, now they're going into the distribution of the information. This is how they get it out there. They actually hire a resident to go in and uh, give all this great uh knowledge to the students. All right. So section two is of, it's section two of four in the Mars contract was concerning their products. And here is what Mars states about their products. Pedigree pet food products will be used exclusively in the faculty of veterinary medicine. So if Mars is going to be that person who is your gold um, funder, going to give you the most money. This is what they're going to expect. And it goes on to say this will not only apply to pedigree and whiskas, whiskas, clinical diets, but to the core brands such as 
pedigree, chum, chappie, and whiskas ranges. Now remember, this is over in um this is over in, I believe, maybe Wales. Okay, but this is what, what they were talking about. He also said pedigree pet foods will supply the above products free of charge, which can then be used to generate further income for the department. All right. So they're going to hire a resident to get out the information they want to say what they want to the veterinary students. Uh, They're going to say that these are the exclusive foods that you can uh, sell. And then they're going to give these foods to them free. Hmm. Wow. Good deal, right? So section three of four was concerning because uh, in Dr. Brady's book, he says this deals with the commercial development. And in section three, Mars states this, Mars states this, this partnership will offer a unique opportunity for mutual activity in the areas of waiting and reception room, merchandising, staff training in retailing skills and pet health counseling. Yeah, so they're going to tell them where to put it so that they're in eye view of the people who are sitting in the waiting rooms, and then they're going to tell them how to sell it to those people who are eyeing that food, okay. And then section four was entitled Contractual Expectations, and in this he says Mars, I can't even say their name, I just like them so much, Mars states this, within the undergraduate curriculum, The use of speakers, written material, and promotional visits from other prepared pet food manufacturers will be discussed with the company prior to any arrangements being made. Hmm. So that means basically that they're not going to be able to sell any other foods other than the one that they're contracted to sell. So... Whenever you get a Freedom of Information Act, uh, it's it's pretty telling what the conversations say. And in this book, he he puts the responses by the head of the departments. Okay, these these head of these veterinary departments uh, back to Mars, as well as back to Purina Pet Food, and um, these are the people that they want to work with. So. Here's what the head of the department had to say. He said, we are, as I mentioned, obliged to use and recommend pedigree diets as our first choice. But clearly, we will be able to be of enormous help to Perina in the generation of publicity through our lectures and the publications by the appointee. And so this is the head of the veterinary department at Indenburg University. And um, so you can see it's it's so amazing in this book. It's so amazing in this book, the information that comes out. You can see these conversations where it has really nothing to do with pet health. It has everything to do with the contracts and, and how much money these contracts are generating. Um, on January 7th, 2000, the head of department writes to Mars and he says this, I'm trying to develop a more aggressive sales pitch in respect of the pedigree products as we have yet to recover anything like the sales levels that existed prior to the change in agreements. My task has not been aided by heels 
who have developed a direct sales pitch to our students, which we are powerless to stop. So what I have to do is to ensure that the students know of the superiority of the pedigree products. And you can read between the lines there. They're saying, look, um, we have this agreement. We, we have to do this. We're not making as much money on our former agreement. So we've got to try to figure out a way to slide you in there uh, so that we can get our sales back up. Wow. And it goes on and on and on. I mean, the the information that comes out about how this corporate influence is in the veterinary community. And it really has nothing to do with pet health. It has everything to do with dollars, the funding, the um, scholarships, every all this money that they get. So you need to know that. So when you are being told your pet needs to get on this hypoallergenic, genic, um, your pet needs to get on this urinary tract um, food, hydrolyzed protein, you need to look further at that food and ask the question, what in this is actually prescription? What in here is helping my dog do this thing that you're telling me it needs to, you know, affect? And when you look at the hydrolyzed protein type food, what the heck is that? It's some type of protein that they don't want the dog's body to react to. Well, they're still putting in a whole lot of junk, substandard material, no real protein at all. And your dog must have sulfur amino protein so that they can pull out things like cysteine and methionine and help their heart. Um, you know, if it, we've said this many times, if a dog looks like they are allergic to every single protein out there, first and foremost, pull any kind of dry kibble out of the diet. Because that's not real protein. It's not raw protein. It's not the same. It has been denatured. It has been sprayed so that the dogs will eat it. Pull that out first. Okay. Do not um, do not go straight to a hydrolyzed protein diet. Get your dog on a meat-based diet. Go to something like a turkey or a duck or a rabbit. And let's see how they do there. But if they, and give them, give them a little bit of time. Okay. You can't say, well, I gave it to them in the first three days. You know, they vomited, they had loose stools, so they must be allergic. No, they might just not have the digestive enzymes turned on. So let's give it a little time. The next thing that we're going to do is we're going to look at if your dog has been on a meat-based diet, we've tried different proteins, and they still appear to be allergic, we're going to start looking at leaky gut. We're not going to put them on substandard food. We're not going to keep putting things in them that are going to make them sick eventually. No, we're going to fix the problem. We want to fix the leaky gut so that they can begin to eat what they are created to eat. So this is a very different way of looking at pet health. You have to really understand how much 
money is influencing pet health. And and I, I let me say this, faux pet health. That's what I really, it's faux. It's fake. It's phony. It's sphincter filled pet health. It's not even real. And then you're on the merry-go-round and you're wasting your money. Don't waste your money on that sphincter food. You have to look at the reality of the situation. Do you want to put your dog on a food of these candy companies, these these big companies whose only objective is to be the biggest uh, monetarily uh, speaking? They're huge and they're never huge enough. They want to be huger, the hugest, really huge. All right. So that it's amazing when you start looking at the documentation. This is why I love all of the organizations that are out there today that are asking for um, the conversations, whether that be um, how the different companies and groups were influencing Twitter and they were holding down information. The Freedom of Information Act really does give us a glimpse into what the truth of the matter is, what was really going on, what deals were being made, what interest were they looking at. And I have not seen to date, when you have to try to get the information, you have to pull um, teeth, you have to pull the hair out of somebody's head to actually get the information. Don't you think that there's something wrong with that. If somebody is not willing to give you the information, it is not like pet food is a national security issue, right? And if somebody wants to hide the ingredients or hide the test or hide results for years and years and years, doesn't that say something's wrong? If people are battling and going to court because they don't want to reveal information, that should be a big clue that there's something wrong with that information, that that information will not further whatever their narrative is. That is why we are always going to be for freedom of speech, period, bar none, because we are in the pet health business. We just happen to sell the food that goes with that because how do you stay healthy if you're not feeding a species-appropriate diet? You can't keep putting donuts and poisons and toxins in the body and expect it to be well. Not in humans, not in pets. This is a great book. It's called Feeding Dogs by Dr. Connor Brady. I get nothing off of this. Um, but you know, as I look at it over and over and over again, I'm just, I, I, I'm just blown away, um, about the information and it, and it really does, you know, back up everything that we have been, um, saying for, for a long time in this section here, uh, about corporate influence, he said, we need to accept that pet owners are pretty much the perfect market. Most owners love their dogs and as they do their own uh, as they do their own kids and they would do anything for them and I would agree. Um he said in the last global downturn 
pet care, which encompasses food and health, was one of the only markets not to see a dip in spending with owners stating that they would cut their own food bill before their dogs. And so these huge companies, these huge companies, Mars, Nestle, Smuckers, they know this and they're constantly looking for where can we diversify? Where can we create the information, own the information, distribute the information so that we can make billions of dollars. And this is the perfect industry to do it. Why? Because we do not ask questions. We just accept that dogs get cancer. Ah, happens. We just accept that dogs die young. Ah, happens. We just accept that they have the itchies. Ah, oh, it just happens. No, it doesn't just happen. There is a reason. And until we start asking the questions and stop um, helping the world shut the people up that might be telling us the darn truth, then we're going to get what we get. I would say we get what we get because we give what we give sometimes. You know, if you just, you've got to ask the questions. And why aren't we asking what's in this food that you are recommending? You're a pet health professional. Why are you recommending kibble? Why? I mean, we know that if you feed kibble, your dog's almost certainly, certainly eating herbicides, pesticides. And yet they keep recommending it. That's just the tip of the iceberg. That That's one thing. But then it's dry. Why are we recommending dry foods to cats, to dogs? Why are we recommending synthetics and oils that are in dry food? Is it because it's really good for the dogs or is it because you make a lot of money on selling it, Mr. White Coat? That's what uh, Dr. Uh, Faulkner, I stole that from him. That's what he always says, Mr. White Coat. Don't let them scare you into doing things that uh, is not best for your pets. Remember, we have to get out of fear. And, and, and we have some amazing pet parents that have learned a ton on this pat podcast, other podcasts, a lot of blogs, but just basically looking at their own dog and dealing with their um, own experiences. And, and not doing knee-jerk reactions. Certainly, certainly, we need the traditional vets to uh, pull porcupines out of dogs' faces. And believe me, our daughter was in town. Uh, she's in vet. And um, she's out closer to the Moab, Utah area. They have a lot of res dogs. And evidently, the porcupines are uh, crazy uh, out there, crazy uh, in numbers. 
And these dogs go after these porcupines and these quills. Oh my gosh, they're terrible. Absolutely terrible. Some of these dogs, when they, they try to bite for the porcupine, the quills go in their mouth and they're in their snouts and they're in their jaws. And some of these people don't take their dogs to the vet for a week. They need to go to the vet right away. They can't even put their heads down, you guys, because these quills, they can't eat, they can't drink, they can't do anything. We need our vets for that. We need our vets to uh, sew up horses, to uh, put together the bones of dogs that have been hit by cars. We need those type of things. We absolutely have to have that in the world. But we need we need our pet parents because I don't I don't know that the vets are going to do it. We need our pet parents to help challenge them on some of the things that they've been taught in nutrition. And the big pharma, that's a whole nother thing about, you know, putting these things in the dogs. But certainly we need them to sew them up. We need them to do spay and neuter. We need dentals. We need all types of things. But there's a line there. And we have to help them not push us in in that box that is going to be detrimental to our dogs. All right? You need to wake up, stand up, and snap out of it, as I would say in my speaking career. Wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Ask these questions. Understand there is a ginormous financial incentive to um, promote narratives that aren't in the best interest of your dogs. And the fear that they throw out there in regards to raw dog food is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. 98%, 98% of all recalls that had anything to do with pet food and human illnesses come from the kibble industry. Another 1% come from certain treats like pig ears, things like that. And then another 1%, 1% is assumed, I'm going to underline that word, assumed to have come from raw dog food. Come on, guys. The narrative is so backwards. Why aren't we more worried about the packaged dry kibble dog food? Get your dogs on a species-appropriate diet. I'm not going to be one of those advocates for mixing because it doesn't make sense. It's sort of like saying, is it, is it okay to just, can I just give my dog a little bit of poison? Well, sure, you can. Is that what you want to do? I don't think it is. As Dr. Brady said, all pet parents, well, most pet parents want the best thing for their dogs. So if you're going to ask me, can I mix kibble and raw? Sure, you can. Would I? Never. And it's because I'm not going to put a little bit of poison in my dogs. I want my dogs to be free of pesticides, free of herbicides, free of GMOs, free of synthetics and preservatives. So I'm not going to do it ever. And someone said to me the other day, well, we're going to mix a little kibble and raw for our puppy. And I said, well, okay, because for some reason they think that there's a lot more 
nutrition in the kibble for puppies, these growing puppies, which is absolutely terribly wrong. But I said, if you have any problems, just pull out the kibble. Because a lot of people say, oh, it's the raw. No, it's the kibble. Pull it out. All right, everybody, get over to rawdogfoodandco.com. Remember, we have a learning center. We have a, a new feeders webinar in the webinar section. Um, I have a I'm, an, I'm overwhelmed button. I also have a chat button. Um, we will get back to you. If we are not online right then, we have a lot of customers that um, we help every single day and we love it, but um, we will get back to you. I promise you that. All right, get over to rawdogfoodandco.com where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Tell everybody about the raw dog food truth. We thank you so much. See you tomorrow, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.